do you want to be known for? And how does this set you apart? Clearly, there's no right or wrong answer here, but your answers, they really do matter. Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life, where we take the time to explore the intersections of the psychology and the emotions of money as well as the math of it, because you know... These are the elements that impact your results, your feelings, and your experiences. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmons, and I am really, really glad that you've tuned in. So whether this is your first episode or you are coming back, I thank you. And before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to put on your radar the date for the next Comfort Circle Dinner. It is on Monday, April 26th, so not that far away, at 6.30 p.m. It's virtual. It's on Zoom, so you can join us from anywhere. And we are going to be talking about the value of viewing yourself as a brand and how that is paramount to your success. And you guessed it. It's connected to the questions that I raised at the top, which is all about the theme for today's episode and this series, because regardless of how you work, whether as an employee or an entrepreneur and small business owner, you are a brand. So let's dive into today's episode and explore this a little bit more. Like most things, it started with a question. In this instance, I posed the following on social media recently. And the question was this, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word coaching and do you prefer one-to-one group or hybrid? And I really appreciated those who chimed in with their answers because quite frankly, you know, it's social media, so you never know what kind of engagement you're going to get. And I was pleasantly surprised by the engagement both on, you know, my direct feed and in my direct messages. And speaking of direct messages, I had a really robust and vibrant conversation with one of my business besties, Heidi Taylor. And she and I often have these conceptual conversations about the trends that we are observing in the world of business. And by the way, before I go on, if you would like to share your answers to the questions of what it is that you want to be known for and how do you set yourself apart, um, share those with me and you can do that by sending me a direct message on Instagram. I would love to hear your answers to that. But back to the question that, you know, spark this all, which was my, my question around coaching, that question didn't appear out of thin air. As I shared with Heidi, I am sensing another shift in the coaching space. And quite honestly, it also feels like a little bit of validation. And here's why. I used to feel like a fish out of water with my business model, a combination of one-to-one coaching, for-hire speaking, and self-hosted events. But don't worry, I don't feel like that any longer. Uh, But I did feel like that for a while, and I felt like that because I wasn't doing what I saw so many of my peers doing. Many of them were creating courses and group programs as a way of leveraging 
one-to-one and one-to-many. And maybe you've been in that, you know, that kind of space as well or that moment as well where you see everybody else doing something and you see that they're experiencing success with it and you're like, well, maybe I should do that too. (laughs) And in this instance, I get it. I get the appeal and the attraction of courses and group programs in part because I have been, you know, a part of them as a consumer. And like, you know, a lot of things, some experiences were better than others. So I do get it. And I also get the appeal of how, you know, courses and group programs are a way of quote unquote creating leverage. But the reality is they didn't work for me as the creator. And I tried. And if you're wondering, Yes, I do think of my for hire speaking and self-hosted events as one to many, but the difference is those are one-off experiences. You come to a dinner, it's one and done. You come to a pricing masterclass, it's one and done. When I go inside a law firm or a large corporation or I'm on stage at a conference for uh, a conference or, or for you know a nonprofit organization, again, it's a one and done situation. Whereas these courses and group programs, those are ongoing experiences. So I just wanted to just really parse out that, yes, I do do one-to-many, but in a very, very different way. And so there's that. And there's that from the standpoint of, I think, part of my preference for one-to-one over one-to-many is that I personally prefer one-to-one. I, as I said, I have done one-to-many, I have done courses, I have done group programs, but I really do prefer working with a coach on a, in a one-to-one capacity. But I also think, and I will stand behind this, I also have a strong belief that the folks with whom I work prefer one-to-one because of privacy and issues that arise regarding money. And who knows, maybe it's a combination of both. Maybe it's my own personal preference for one-to-one. Maybe I am accurate in making the presumption that they prefer, my, my, the folks that I work with, that they prefer one-to-one because of the, the issues that I've described. Because, you know, maybe it's a matter of like attracts like. But setting preferences aside, there has been a surge of courses, both live and self-paced and group coaching programs within the last 10 years, if not longer. And maybe you're listening to this and you're like, hmm, I've jumped on the bandwagon. Uh, So maybe you're listening to this either as a participant in jumping on the bandwagon or a creator in jumping on the bandwagon. And, you know, this would be a really, really good place for me to pause and mention that this isn't about one business model being better than another. So it's not that my business model of one-on-one coaching, for hire speaking, and self-hosted events is better than those that decide to do courses and group programs. We all have to choose what works best for us. So I want to be really, really clear about that. That said, this is about my experiences and observations and how they are connected, not only to the focus of today's episode, but really the overall message of this three-part series. And it is also about why this topic should matter to you. So I kicked it off by saying that I was noticing something happening in the coaching space. 
And for some of us, providing one-on-one coaching never went out of style. It remained and it has remained a core piece of our business model. For others, it did. For them, they didn't deem one-on-one coaching as a viable way to scale their business. Hence the reason that they turned their attention to creating, promoting, and delivering courses and group programs, and now increasingly memberships. But what I am noticing, folks, right now is that one-on-one coaching seems to be hot again. <laughs> you, 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 I am seeing anyway, I am noticing more and more coaches um, actually leaning more into this. And I appreciate it because to me, it's a signal that more people are embracing the idea that there's more than one pathway to scaling. And just like I said before, it's not about one business model being better than the other. And so, you know, my decision, their decision to provide or not provide one-on-one coaching, that is all very, very personal. And so is how do you define scaling? So that's one of the things that I wanted to point out. That's one of the things that I am noticing. And I wanted to give you that little bit of a backdrop. That pertains to -to one-to-one. Here's what I am noticing as it pertains to one to many. And that is when it comes to group experiences, whether it's courses, whether it's programs, whether it's memberships, number one, there does indeed seem to be less of a desire for self-paced, on-demand types of courses and programs and memberships, and more of a desire for those that have a live real-time component to it where people can have access to the content creator and the other members, especially for high achievers. I think they are attracted to that and that they are just really underwhelmed with simply having access to more information. And you know, I always say insight always trumps information. So that's the first thing that I'm noticing in terms of the one-to-many space. The second thing that I am noticing is that group experiences that focus on a very specific discipline or focus or need, they are gaining a heck of a lot more traction than broad group coaching programs or, co- or courses or memberships. And the third thing that I am noticing, and I think that this is driven by one and two in terms of uh, the desire for more live you know, real-time access and the desire for more specific discipline and focused and, and, and need-based experiences is that the pricing of group experiences are increasing. I am seeing fewer and fewer of the types of offers that are priced less than $100 per month and more and more that are priced in the $300 to $500 per month range. And at the moment, I've yet to draw any specific conclusions about these observations. Mostly they are sparking more questions, especially when it comes to the pricing landscape and how do people do a cost-benefit analysis. So if someone's thinking about working, whether it's with me or with someone else, one-on-one, and yet there's this group experience, whether it's a course or program or a membership, maybe if you were looking at it just purely from a numbers standpoint, 
you might think one is better than the other, but then when you dig deeper, you might have a different evaluation of that. So I'm really curious to hear and to, you know, see what else comes to light as a result of that. I'm sharing my own observations as a way of really opening the door and asking you after having listened to this point, what dots have you connected with regards to you, your industry, your career, or your business? Like I stated at the, at the start, I am notice, noticing a shift in the coaching space. What shifts are you noticing in the work that you do in your industry, in your particular field, in your particular area? And how are those shifts affecting you and your body of work? Do those shifts excite you or are they causing you to feel like a fish out of water? And now you are wondering and questioning what are your next steps? Clearly with all of the questions that I have posed thus far and in your ear for this episode, there are no right or wrong answers, but your answers do one very important thing. However you answer, they amplify what it is that you want to be known for because your answers are a reflection of your message and they are a reflection of your brand. And you do realize that you are brand, right? Again, regardless of how you work. At least that's how I see it. So I'm always looking at it through that lens. But here's another reason why. I um, set our flow, if you will, of the conversation up in this way. In, sh in sharing my observations about the coaching space with Heidi, it helped for me to reaffirm what it is that I want to be known for. And so I'm sharing that with you because for me, even this podcast is a platform for sharing and, and practicing and exhibiting what it is that I want to be known for. One, I want to be known as the person who sparks profound thoughts and instigates deep conversations. I thrive on going beneath the surface. Small talk is not my strong suit in real life, and it's not here on the podcast either, as you probably can tell. I want to be known as the person that takes action and inspires others to take personalized action. I want to be known as the person that challenges people to give themselves permission to dream their grandest dreams. Like if you tell me what your grandest dream is or what they are, I will be one of your biggest cheerleaders. And while I will never tell you something is impossible, I will reality check you on your timeline. So if you like give me this really, really, really out there dream, I'm not going to say you can't do it, boo, but I might say you can't do it in a year, <laughs> but I'll help you figure out what that timeline is happily. I also want to be known as the person that creates safe spaces where people feel inspired and comfortable to share what they've told no one or only a few. And also, you know, safe spaces where people can actually question some things that maybe they haven't 
um, even thought about questioning before. And granted, this is mostly a one-way conversation unless you take me up on my invitations when I extend them to uh, send me a note in my direct message on Instagram. But for the most part, it's a, it's a one-way conversation. But even in that, I hope that I am creating for you a safe space to kind of ruminate on some of the things that you might take away from this conversation, this dialogue. I also want to be known as the person who responds to challenges and setbacks in both life and business with grace. This is what helps me help others navigate their challenges and setbacks with grace too. I want to be known as the person that sees and spreads joy. And so that doesn't mean, you know, uh, not acknowledging the challenges and the setbacks, but finding joy even in the midst of all of that. I want to be known for being a thinker, an observer, a pattern seeker, a dot connector. I want to be known as a straight shooter who helps her clients get the results they want and need. In a really noisy world, and especially in the worlds that I traverse, coaching, speaking, financial services, podcasting, you cannot, you know, there are all of these, you know, coaching, speaking, financial services, and podcasting are saturated. And yet these are the ways in which I want to set myself apart. And these are how I do it. So now it's your turn. I asked at the beginning, and I will ask here again at the end, what do you want to be known for and how do you set yourself apart? And if you need help on how to define your message and what you can do to influence your brand's perception so that you can articulately describe what it is that you want to be known for and how do you set yourself apart, well, my friend, that's the focus of the next episode. So you will have to tune in for that. Well, that's it for today's episode. As always, I thank you so much for tuning in and listening all the way until the end. If you'd like to show appreciation for this podcast, this episode, please share it so we can reach more people. And if you'd like to join us for April's Comfort Circle Dinner, where we're going to talk about the value of viewing yourself as a brand and how that is paramount to your success, well, then you can go to jacquettetimmons.com forward slash comfort dash circle. Again, jacquettetimmons.com forward slash comfort dash circle to get all of the details and to RSVP. And you know the drill. If you want to buy me a coffee, here's how you can do that. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Again, tremendous thanks for tuning into today's episode. May you have a great rest of your day. And hey, don't forget to tell me what you want to be known for. You can send me a DM on Instagram. Until next time, remember, it's about more than money.